It's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. With your host, Jamie Dew. Chief Librarian, Thomas Senna. And featuring, Matt Ardill. And now, Curator of the Hall. Jamie Dew. All right. Welcome to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. I am your host and curator of the hall, Jamie Dew, as Doug DeNance just mentioned. But I like to be certain that you're aware of who you're listening to. Welcome to season two, folks. We made it. Wipe your feet before you enter the hall. And we'll get things going here with a special preview episode. We've got some great guests today. We're going to have some laughs. And we're going to just take a look at season one in retrospect. And then we're going to do a preview of season two, including revealing the nominees. So buckle up, get ready, and let's do this thing. I would be remiss if I didn't introduce this next fellow first because, well, you're going to hear a lot from him this year. I'm really excited to introduce Thomas Senna to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast as our new chief librarian and co-host of the podcast. He'll be handling all the conversations this season. Thomas? How are you doing? Great. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for season two. We've already kind of hit the ground running uh, in many ways. Uh, I'm just honored that you asked me to to be a part of this and have just been having so much fun already researching and doing just behind the scenes work and and chatting with guests that I've already chatted with. So, so this is just a, a wonderful opportunity. I'm so happy uh, and honored that you asked me to do this. Oh, it is my pleasure, Thomas. I think you bring a lot to the table, and I think that we are uh, in great hands with you handling the conversations this year. So I'm really excited. I'm also really excited by our next guest, the grand poobah of the SNL network, as it were. John Schneider is here to regale us with tales of SNL. John, How are you doing? I am doing so great. Hi, Jamie. And hi, uh, Chief Librarian Thomas. I love the new nickname. I can't wait to uh, talk to you this season on the SNL Hall of Fame, check out some library books and talk some SNL. Yes, and make sure you don't turn them in late. I will do my best. (laughs) (laughs) I always do. (laughs) (laughs) And last, but certainly not least, she is a correspondent and social media wizard on the SNL network. She's here today joining us, and her name is Nicole Rovine. Nicole, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm always happy to be here. Any Anytime I'm invited, I'm very happy to be in the halls. I take my shoes off, except right now my, my feet are um, <laughs> on a chair, which is my, my, my shoes are on, and my shoes are on a chair, which is, I feel like, very poor etiquette in the hall, so I do apologize. <laughs> um, I'm very happy to be here, though, and I'm so happy for Thomas because you were like your one of your episodes was the main inspiration for one of the the nominees that I brought up in the um the in- inducting ceremony um episode that we did which was Nirvana your episode where you nominated them 
um, was like a huge inspiration for me and, and made, gave me a lot to think about. So that was why I, um, had them on my, uh, in my top, I think I had them as like ranked like 12th or something. And then I don't think they made it in, in this round, but I uh, was very inspired by you and it gave me a lot to think about because I love Nirvana. Oh. Oh, thank you so much. I, yeah, I heard your episode when uh, at the end of the season one, there was a big, all the pundits got together and we all shared our ballots and we were on different episodes, but I heard your episode referencing my Nirvana episode and that just, that, that, that just uh, kind of brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. So much we do, we bring here. We bring people a lot together. Of yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes, if you do. if if you're just tuning in today, you are completely lost. But uh, there's a whole season of the show for you to listen to. Uh, that's season one, and of course, we're going to talk a little bit about that because we were able to induct Lauren Michaels, Dan Aykroyd, Chris Farley, Tina Fey, Phil Hartman, Steve Martin. Eddie Murphy and Gilda Radner to the hall last year. So a real coup, I think uh, just a great first class, uh, in, including the first inductee, Lauren Michaels. I just wonder if there's anything you guys want to say or, um, comment on to put a button on our, on our first inaugural cast. And I'll start with you, Thomas. Uh, well, I think, you know, Lorne Michaels, first and foremost, uh, the way it ended up in season one was Lorne was basically a class unto himself. So you actually announced Lorne as the first inductee before everybody else. And I thought that was so appropriate. Uh, I'm so glad that Lorne got recognized just by himself. Uh, and then as far as the rest of the uh, the inductees, I think it's just, it's heavy hitters. It's kind of no-brainers. Uh, I think all of those people were... Uh, were folks who I going into this I knew would would get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I have no problem with any of them. I mean, they're just they're just some of the best of the best uh, in SNL history. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, just a, a a murderer's row, really. John, what do you think? I think you can't really argue with most people who made the ballot in the first year. I think that, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer is where the discussion gets really interesting. I think if you missed any of the shows from last season, including the pundit discussions that Thomas brought up, that's where the debate got very fun. And it was what makes the SNL Hall of Fame podcast so interesting to me, because this is not a situation where the SNL Hall of Fame is opening up in 1980, let's say, and then they're starting to induct people from five years earlier we're almost 50 years into the show and there's 50 years of hosts musical guests writers um, cast members just to talk about and go through and it's like where do you start to dig through where do you go and what are the right criteria for inducting these people into the hall of fame so all of those discussions are really fascinating to me and it was really fun in my opinion to get to talk about you know chris farley tina fey those are some of the people who got into the show last year and there were some pundits who didn't necessarily feel like they should have and you know why was that why did they feel you know people who are you know conventional wisdom naturally first ballot hall of famers why were they maybe not the right people to get in and they did get in which is which is so wonderful and fantastic that they had great careers but i think there's a lot of people on the list including i would say the majority of the original cast um there's a ton of people who you're going to see on year two of the ballot who i would say even 
you know, deserve to get in even more than the people who got in in the first year in some cases. So <laughs> I think that's what's going to be so fascinating throughout this entire season with Thomas and all the guests that you bring on is just, uh, you know, does this person deserve to make the Hall of Fame? And do they deserve to make the Hall of Fame now? Is now the right time for them? And that's where I think things are going to be really fan- fascinating throughout the season. Nicole, what do you have to say about last year's inaugural class? I agree. I think it's you. It's I mean, it was such a tight exclusive group. When you think of like the hundreds, really thousands of people who have walked through 8H in different capacities and been a part of this rich history over the years. Um, So, I mean, I think that anyone that we were all going to, you know, agree on and vote on who is going to make such a small number. It's like it is literally you cannot argue whether any of those people deserve to be in the first round. It's just a matter of like, are there some people who maybe you would have you know, from, from even an emotional place, would, would have rather like made it as soon as those people, like, you know, what you, what everyone has said. So it was really, I think, um, and it, that was reflected in our, our rounds when we, at the end of the season, when we, when we talked through every person, the first rounds when people brought someone up was like, oh yeah, we all want that person in, of course, of course. And then as it went on, it got a little more contentious and fun and people had more, you know, debates with each other and we all had different opinions. And so I think the seasons of the Hall of Fame, it's going to be very similar to that, that as we get into it, then each each class is going to be a little bit more, um, well, of course, they're a legend, but, you know, here are five people <laughs> that someone else thinks, you know, that I think are more legendary and like it's going to be more, uh, you know, more drama, more, uh, more, more complicated, I think now, because it's like you cannot argue, you know, who, who's in there now. Um, so it's just, I think we're at, we're just at like a good crossroads where it's like, okay, now it's going to get more heated. Um, you know, the claws might come out. Uh, so that's, I think that that's where we're at. Maybe, I mean, season two, I think it's going to be like similar that everyone is so deserving and everyone will always be deserving, but you know, I'm just curious from that, like reality TV, um, producer, like energy of like, are we going to like stir some, some drama around it? I don't fighting in the library, Nicole. (laughs) <laughs> well i'm the librarian the so i think happens. i think there should be a little bit of fighting yeah <laughs> this is a more raucous uh, library than most libraries are used to <laughs> all right your, your library your rules <laughs> yes so the good news is we will be coming back this year with pundit roundtables at the end of the season uh that will be a lot of fun once again the bad news is going to be your job in the pundit roundtable if you're selected is going to be much more difficult. And that is because not only will there be 30 nominees coming at you this new season, but there are more than 20 nominees that remain on the ballot from last year, which means the ballot is going to be, you know, nearly 50 strong. Uh, And with only 20 votes to cast each person, that's going to be very, very difficult. So why don't we take an opportunity for a moment to just quickly take a look at who we have remaining on the ballot from last year and just uh, get a sense of what, what you, y'all think. Uh, we've got Norm MacDonald, Molly Shannon, and Maya Rudolph on the ballot in the cast member category. Melissa McCarthy, Lily Tomlin, John Mulaney, Justin Timberlake, John Goodman, and Emma Stone remain in the host category. For musical guests, 
It's wide open. You've got Prince, Paul McCartney, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Miley Cyrus, and Taylor Swift. And as writers, you've got some stone-cold locks, I would have assumed, before the season began in Michael O'Donohue, James Downey, Franken and Davis, The Lonely Island, and Conan O'Brien. Any one of those five nominees could be in the Hall of Fame, and it wouldn't look off to me. So... What does that mean to you as a as a voter? And Thomas, you're going to have to take your librarian hat off for a moment, but put it somewhere, you know, put it somewhere safe, because you don't want John stealing it and claiming he's a librarian. Uh, and and put your put your uh, balloteer uh, hat on, I suppose. What what are some first thoughts when you hear that list? I think that there at least it's interesting that you did highlight the writers at the end of that because there are at least a couple of of nominees in the writer category that really shocked me uh, that they're not in. Uh, James Downey, who, you know, SNL has been built on a lot of political sketches and political satire and things of that nature. And James Downey is probably the most, the foremost political writer in SNL history. He shaped that, that voice, that political voice that was so prominent in SNL. So James Downey does shock me, I, but I think that might be name recognition or lack thereof as to right. why James Downey isn't in the SNL Hall of Fame currently. Um, though I don't think the same could be said for this next group of three, The Lonely Island, <laughs> which to me, out of everybody on the list, and I know present company will probably agree with me out of, I think out of anybody on the list here of holdovers, the lonely Island to me is the most deserving. Uh, I'm just shocked that they're not in. I think they have name recognition. They're so important to the show. I thought, you know, we would get a lot of younger people voting in this and that might've been to the lonely Island's favor. Uh, But, but the fact that they're not in was just, it was just really a big surprise to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I'm sure there's nobody more surprised about that omission than the person who nominated them. And that's uh, that's mm-hmm. John. John, you can comment on that if you choose, or if you've got anybody else you want to cir- circle back on, uh, have at it. I mean, I haven't recovered since the moment I found out that they were not in the uh, first initial class of the Hall of Fame. Uh, to me, this was egregious. Uh, I don't know how they were not voted in. And uh, yeah, I, I would make a case for them to go into the Hall of Fame, but I've already done that. So back you did, I, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, go, so go back and listen to it. For me, The Lonely Island is, is just incredible, and they changed the game. I think just looking at this list, um, I think the other name that stands out to me, no surprise, is Justin Timberlake. I do feel like uh, just has a very familiar format in terms of his hosting on the show. Uh, really just, uh, you know, for a, for a period during a, a very special era of the show was known as like that era's host. I think if we were voting on the SNL Hall of Fame 10 years ago, I think he would be a shoe in So I don't think that time should necessarily take that away. So I think that was the one that I was uh, definitely a little disappointed with. In addition to some of the other writers that were mentioned, I, I really, I, what I would say to the listener who was, you know, checking out the hall of fame for the first time this year and thinking and listening about who they're going to vote to 
don't knock the writing category just because you don't visually see them on screen. I think that this is such an important category. It's so, you know, we talk all the time on the SNL network about alliances between cast members and the writers and how they get together and how they create the content that they do. It's such a core component of the show. Please take that into account when you're thinking about your votes this year, because we cannot keep letting people like, you know, O'Donoghue or Jim Downey or Franken and Davis not get onto the show. Yeah, I, I yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh it it it's 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 interesting. And um Nicole, I wonder if there's something to the idea that that the inaugural cast was so cast member heavy. We did get a host in there, uh, and I guess technically a, a writer, but if you want to speak to the to the host and the writing and the musical uh, guest category, um, you know what? What do you think the the challenge there is with people not favoring those categories? Well, first of all, I have to disagree with you, John, about Justin Timberlake. Even though, if you listened last year, you remember that John, um, John, and I did some um, some currency exchange there, where, where he convinced me to <laughs> vote for Justin Timberlake against my will because it was worth it for me. Um, for some, for other reasons, for other incentives I had with other people, but I so disagree that ten years ago we would have he would have been a shoe in because I'm looking at, at the, this list and it was it's it we didn't do I I feel like it, um just in round one it there was a lot of benefit from having distance from something we we didn't get really any fully earnestly contemporary people on there um you know I mean we have people who have appeared on the show in recent years or even like the year that we did it, you know, but I think, um, for around one, we, we gave a lot, uh, to people who, whose full influence on the show, we have, have kind of had space from, and we can like analyze from a distance, um, which, you know, I'm very open to, to people who are more present. Like when I made the case for Miley Cyrus, like her, her influence on the show has spanned, longer than the influence of some people on this list, you know, and will continue to grow. But when you look at it objectively, it's been a long time over a long period of time. Um, and the infinite potential for the future is, is there as well. Um, so I have to disagree with you about, uh, Justin Timberlake 10 years ago. I don't think we would have you voted have him in the first round. <laughs> I do because I, I mean, I have to just get my own, uh, revenge for, for when you, you made me, uh, when you made a, a fair offer to, have me vote for him, which I didn't really feel like doing. Nothing against him, but he wouldn't be like all the way at the top for me. But anyways, yes, th- it's something that we we talk about a lot. I think in our community on our podcasts with with writers and the alliances and things like that. But it's very present and modern that we can even know which or or like that in general. It's a it's a known fact which writers are behind which sketches and the writers that I think are going to succeed are the ones who had a lot of on-camera time or who became famous afterwards for other things where they were on camera. Um, you know, like a Conan O'Brien or people who were, had a lot of on-camera time like Franken and Davis, um, Tina Fey, obviously known for her writing because ultimately she was such a huge performer on the show too. Um, and I think that that is just the culture of SNL and the way that things have been, kind of how information has been disseminated for all these, these decades is just the way that it works. Like we don't know, we could say, Oh, I love this writer because they're on all these sketches that I like, but we don't know 
and in general, the public doesn't know who, which writer is behind which jokes. You know, you can draw conclusions based on patterns. Um, or, you know, if when we talk to people at the show, we can figure out, you know, people will tell us what jokes were that they were written or on social media. That's a, a new thing where, where more information is shared about what's going on. Um, but it's not, you know, you don't see writers and, and the America, millions of viewers do not see writer's impact the way that we see cast members. And it's so much easier for us to say, oh, Tina Fey was such an important writer on the show because we saw her at the update desk. We saw her at Sarah Palin. We saw her in all these sketches. We wouldn't be able to analyze her the way that we are. And we wouldn't have that, that, um, that just that, that framework around it if she didn't also have a big onstage presence. And I think that's just the way it is. Um, I think that the writing is so important at the show. We all feel that way, but it's just, honestly, it's just harder to evaluate without making significant assumptions about who wrote which jokes or who was involved with which characters. You know, there's only so much, especially historical facts where we we can't ask the person in an interview, you know, what they did if the person isn't around anymore, whatever the case may be. It's just, it's, it's a lot of assumptions that you have to make with, with writers. And Nicole, yeah, as the I- as the discussion leader for season two, that's actually one of my goals is to cite specific sketches uh, for with with the writers that we're talking about. Um, we'll we'll probably we'll get into who those writers are, but it's like if you like this sketch, you remember this famous sketch from the '90s? Well, this is who wrote it, or you know. So we're trying like we're trying our best to really. To, to, to highlight and find out those specifics, but you're right, especially with the older writers, some of that data is just isn't just isn't available. So so I think those people uh, might be at a disadvantage. And I love SNL Hall of Fame season two already because we're airing grievances and exploring vendettas amongst amongst uh, <laughs> ourselves. So <laughs> so this is good. This is good. This is healthy. This is, this is, uh, you're all going to get invoiced for this is what Thomas is saying. (laughs) This is therapy. (laughs) Um, okay. So the time has come where we reveal the nominees for season number two. We'll do them by category and just go around the table and see what you think. Uh, maybe a dark horse or, somebody that you've that you think is a shoe in or or just the general consensus of the field. Uh so we'll start with writer. Seeing as that's what we're talking about, and we've got in the writer category for season 2 of the SNL Hall of Fame, we've got Herb Sargent, Jack Handy, Paula Pell, Robert Smigel, and Seth Meyers. So a really interesting group I think. There's some newer uh writers in there there's some legacy writers in there and then there are writers that you know date back to near the beginning so uh what do you have to say about the writer category thomas that you haven't already said um i was so happy when when i saw that jack handy was on the list because uh, to be quite honest this list wasn't put i wasn't involved in putting together this list which was exciting for me it was almost like a present that i opened when i got the 30 nominees and and i was told you have to you know you have to discuss these 30 nominees so i was so excited when jack handy uh was on this list and i hope that i hope that jack handy is relevant to not just people uh, around my age, I'm 40 years old. So I was a kid when, when the deep thoughts and all of that 
was popular and aired, but I hope I hope he resonates with with people of all ages too, because his his voice was such a unique voice uh, on SNL, and I already uh, I had fun uh, th- talking about talking about Jack Handy uh, in our episode. Wait a minute, you don't do those episodes live? <laughs> <laughs> They're not live. Spoiler alert: They are not <laughs> oh, live. Man. Oh boy. John, what do you have to say about the uh, writers for season two? Well, uh, I was involved in putting together the list of nominees for this season. So if you do have complaints, you could always uh, reach out to me. My Twitter is at that week in SNL if you have any complaints about the uh, nominees. But um, um, so for the writer category, look, I think year one writers obviously like really stacked. Uh, year two, there's some really fun nominees that rounded out this category. Uh, I sort of think that there's two that are really standing out to me above the fray. One would be Seth Meyers, who I think is largely responsible for pivoting at a very crucial point in the history of Saturday Night Live, uh, going into this new era of the show, which I consider the third golden era. Maybe some people would say that he stayed past his welcome, but I sort of consider longevity a factor for me in voting for the Hall of Fame. So I think that that is a positive, not a negative. And then I have to look at Herb Sargent. I just think that just his contributions going all the way back to the original era of the show, uh, writing for Norm MacDonald on Weekend Update. I mean, those are just things that are really, really crucial and uh, probably one of the more underrated names out of all the names on here. If you're not familiar with like, uh, deep uh deep thoughts about snl as jack handy would say so uh but for me uh herb Sargent and seth myers are the two that really stand out and i hope i have somebody good to, to talk to about herb Sargent. oh wait no it's john <laughs> yeah oh, okay, i forgot about that are we doing that <laughs> yeah, sure. so i'm really excited about that one yeah should be good nicole what do you have to say well, about have- the writer category, especially in light of, uh, I just want to preface this in light of what you what you said earlier about the, you know, the potential. Like a, <laughs> no, it's like a blind spot. I would call it a blind yeah. spot. Like that yeah. we all have that everyone has about writers on SNL. Even if you have full full information, if you talk to people personally who are there, like I think there will always be blind spots about certain things that were written of who really wrote what that's almost a tongue twister who wrote what but you know there's always i would say like a blind spot or a, or assumptions that have to be made so th- this is a funny thing there for me there are two people because i'm truly guilty of the when people have more on camera facetime i will have more of a you know connection to them or i'll be more familiar emotional more emotionally invested and like that I think is a, a problem, you know, that I have that I think I'm not alone in. But what's funny is Paula Pell, who's one of the people who's standing out to me on the list, was honored in 2019 with the Herb Sargent Award for Comedy Excellence. So very full circle on this. Oh, wow. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I did not know Herb that. Sargent. The, it's, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of a funny uh, thing. So yeah, the two, for me, that the two people who stand out are, well, I guess I would say, I'd say three, um, but I'll talk about Paula Pell just since that wasn't mentioned as much. I would say her impact on the show, it, it, it spread a long time. And I think that you can just tell by her connection with a lot of people who were also on the show, you know, as other writers and other performers at the time um, has continued to grow. She's, she's working on a, a lot of projects all the time with those people. I mean, girls five Eva, we have to point out she's very funny on. Um, so I think that her, I mean, Debbie Downer, 
She did. She's speaking of Justin Timberlake. Um, she wasn't she the the person who mainly did the Omeletteville thing. Oh, was she right? I believe so. Yeah. Was it a Hall of um, Fame worthy sketch? <laughs> no. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, don't fall for this trap, Nicole. <laughs> I'm not. But yeah, Paula Pell, I think, had really a lot of influence on the show. And and there is uh, this is a theme I talked about anytime I was on here in season one that I'll bring up again is um is what <laughs> what was i gonna say um oh oh is when you measure someone's success just in the context of snl it's almost it's almost like a paradox of like you can also analyze someone by how influential they were based on what they did afterwards and how their c- career continued to evolve you know there are some people who made it first round who due to unfortunate circumstances did not have much of a career afterwards but um, I think I was really picky about people who were super like uh, like Lily Tomlin. I love Lily Tomlin, but I I don't think I had her in the first round because she was so influential in the first part of SNL, and then has continued to be so influential in media and comedy and acting and performing and writing, but not at SNL. And so for me, when you have that evidence of continuing to be doing amazing things in the the field but you're not continuing to do it there. Like a Steve Martin would be a perfect example who has, um, then it's like, I think that plays against you. Whereas people who didn't even have the opportunity. Um, I think that there's something to be said for like, Oh, when you think of that person, you really think of SNL, which in a kind of a, a touching way, because they didn't have the opportunity much after to do other things. Um, so that's a theme I'm going to be thinking about, but anyways, so Paula Pell, I'm just a big fan of a lot of things that she's written. Um, and, and been a part of and all those things. And then Seth Meyers, I think it's great that he's in the writer category because he talks all the time about how he values the writing <laughs> of anything he's a part of, you know? So I think it, it's just like perfect for, for him, um, to be honored that way. I know I'm, I'm sure he, he would love to, to hear this. So yeah, I think, I think that he's for me of anyone on the list. I just feel like he, Seth is the. I, I would be very surprised if he doesn't make the second round. Well, I will say that the next category is musical guest, and it has thus far been shut out from the Hall of Fame. Uh, the The previous nominees did not make it. In fact, we lost a couple uh, on the, on the list. Nirvana is um, one of them, and. Uh, I forget what the other one was. Where I'm going here is that um, the musical guest category is is the elephant in the room. It's the category I think that is the most difficult, and it will be the most difficult for one of these five nominees to crack the list. But maybe one of these five nominees will be the first to crack the list. They are Dave Grohl, Elvis Costello, Kanye West, Paul Simon, and Rihanna. So those are our five nominees for this coming season. Uh, and Thomas, oh, we're going to go down to Nicole. She's got a question. Neil, I think Neil Young was was the other one. You are totally right. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> um, Thomas, uh, what do you what have you got in terms of comments in the way of the musical guest category? Yeah, I think that category is is really interesting for, you know, SNL is obviously a predominantly comedy sketch show. And for people tuning in just to see sketch comedy, 
the musical guests might be a chance for them to go take a bathroom break or go let the dart their dogs out or go go do any number of things. The Baja so men think, are not nominated. <laughs> they are not. That's 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 <laughs> a full if, if they if they were a musical guest in one of the episodes, I would push for the Baja men, but my biases aren't considered here anyway. <laughs> um so I think musical guests tend to get overlooked and overshadowed uh, uh, in the grand scheme of SNL. Uh, one, the, I think the one musical guest that's nominated this year who I'm especially interested in is Dave Grohl. Uh, uh, last year, uh, as Nicole had mentioned earlier in the episode, I uh, did the episode in season one with you, Jamie, about Nirvana. And Nirvana is uh, dropped off the ballot completely. But instead of taking that personally, uh, I looked at it as, as an opportunity because I think Dave Grohl is is an excellent candidate for the SNL Hall of Fame. Uh, not just with his uh, two appearances with Nirvana, but he's appeared in multiple capacities. He's appeared in sketches. He loves the show. So I think it's an opportunity to really highlight Dave Grohl now that Nirvana... Uh, has been eliminated, I guess, uh, off the ballot. So Dave Grohl is something that uh, somebody who I'm really looking forward to uh, talking about this year. Great, yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to hear uh, what we've got in in store for Dave Grohl. He's appeared so many times. He is really a friend of the show. John, what do you think of this uh, this group of nominees? I'm excited about it. I do think that, you know, one of the reasons on the SNL network, we don't always talk about music is because it's super subjective. Everybody likes different styles of music. So you're not necessarily when you're looking at this category, voting on music that you like, you're voting on who as a musical guest made an impact on the show that's Hall of Fame worthy. And I think in the previous season, you can argue some of the nominees on the ballot. I think in particular, Paul McCartney is a big name that was something to look at last year. And uh, we've completed the uh, the Pauls here by having Paul Simon on this time, at this time of the ballot, four-time SNL host, Paul Simon. Uh, Lauren Michaels will be very happy to have all his Pauls on the ballot. But basically, <laughs> yeah, it, it's exciting because I think he has such an impact going back all the way to the second episode of the show where he hosts and does a complete musical episode a show that really doesn't feel like modern day snl but sort of shaped how potentially music would look uh he was very involved obviously in the first few years uh you know a lot of performances were him and and garfunkel reunited and yeah he's been back in other eras of the show too paul simon is just you know such an integral part of snl throughout the years so i think it just makes sense that he would be on this ballot. So I am excited to see how well he does this year on the ballot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a toss up, whether one of, one of these five make it or, or multiples of the five make it. Uh, Nicole, do you have a favorite? We've heard Paul Simon. We've heard Dave Grohl. Is there anybody on the, on the list that you look at and go, yeah, they, they belong in the hall. Well, the first thing when I'm looking at all these lists, all these names together is I thought of the song that Rihanna, Kanye West, and Paul McCartney all collaborated on for oh, five seconds. <laughs> so that's the first thing I thought of seeing all these names next to each other. Um, I think it'd be very funny to put Rihanna on at this this moment in time because she famously has not released music in a long time and people are sort of like, where's the music? But she's doing all these other fa fantastic things with her, like her beauty business, her, um, clothing, her, her like lingerie business. Um, she just had a baby. So it's like, she's 
you know, she's booked and busy, but busy, it's been, yeah. she's a busy, 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 but it's been many years that she hasn't released any music. And so, um, maybe this would be the push she needs if we're like, Rihanna, you know, we put you in the SNL hall of fame as a musical guest. Right. And then maybe she'll be like, okay, that's the kick. That's the kick I needed. It's time to release more music. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would, I, I, <laughs> I love Rihanna, but I think, I think it, it'll, uh, she'll, she'll need some, I, I'm going to need to see another album from her in the present tense, or I'm going to need about 10, 15 years to go by before I can consider her. I need one of those two things to happen. I need either time or more music for, for Rihanna to be, to be a uh, consideration for me. But otherwise, I mean, I made quite the case for Miley last year. I will be coming back to do that again this year. Um, and Dave girl, I totally agree with. And I think it is the more, um, as much as I, I love Nirvana, I think that Dave Grohl in every capacity he's been on the show is like just the perfect Hall of Fame, you know, kind of way to, you know, way to honor him. It's, I think, as him, because he's been on the show in different ways and all that stuff. So I, I would love to see him um, make the list this time. And I think he I think he he definitely can. Um, and then Taylor Swift, I mean. Maybe not yet, but you know what? doing that 10 minute all too well was really epic because with musical guests, I think it's as, as we all saw, it's easy for musical guests to get left off of these types of things um, in favor of other, you know, cast members, especially hosts. Um, but I think that like a, a way to analyze whether a musical guest is worthy or if you can put them in those categories of, with other types of people is like have they not just have they been on the show a bunch of times, but have they done something that no one else has done, or have they taken a huge moment in culture in the world and put it in it like given SNL the opportunity to make it bigger and to to all that sort of stuff. And so I think that how she did her red Taylor's version, all too well, ten minute version, all that stuff. How she basically said, "I'm going to be at NBC. I'm going to NBC this." You know, she did Fallon and Seth on the same night. And then she did SNL. Um, and so I think that 10 minute performance for me really solidified that like, she sh definitely should be on this list soon. I don't think this round, but I think that we have to oh, interesting. start. I think we have to start being like, it's in terms of contemporary young people. I think that she will be one of the first, I think she will be one of the youngest people at the time of inducting for sure. Like no doubt. And that's like, we all like, we just have to agree with that. I don't, I don't think that's up for debate. She has a special talent for sure. And, and, and she belongs. Mm -hmm. So uh, she belongs. And just what she's, she's, she's brought a lot of that and, and made, she's made SNL a part of a lot of these huge moments. Um, I mean, all too well. And, and when we look back at it in 10 years, like, that might be the biggest one of everything, all the, the appearances she's had. I think that one might be the biggest moment that we reference with Taylor on SNL. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. We're going to move on to the host category. And this is a, this is a big one this year. There are mm -hmm. 10 nominees like there were last year. And here they are. Alec Baldwin, Buck Henry, Candace Bergen, Chevy Chase, Christopher Walken, Drew Barrymore, Elliot Gould, Paul Rudd, Scarlett Johansson, and Tom Hanks. 
round out the list of hosts nominated in the second season of the SNL Hall of Fame. Thomas, what say you about this list of I was, superpowers? Yeah, I was struck by all the heavy hitters <laughs> that were on this list. And I'm looking at the list, and are all of them five-timers? Drew Barrymore and Scarlett Johansson are both five-timers, right? I believe so. Yeah. So this is a heavy hitter, yeah. five-timer sort of list. And, and, and the, the criteria, uh, Jamie, uh, is you have to have hosted at least twice. That's right. To be to be considered, so 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 we could have you know in, in other seasons or even last season we could have someone who's hosted only a couple of times. But looking at this list, I mean, we got some really uh, heavy hitters here as far as hosts go. Uh, I'm excited to talk about Candace Bergen quite a bit. I get I think sometimes she gets lost maybe in SNL history, but she was so important to to, to those early days. And I, I may not spoil it here, but my my personal favorite and the person who I think is the greatest host in SNL history uh, is one of these uh, new nominees. So I'm, I'm really oh, excited wow. to talk to them. You're not oh, and you tell won't us tell us who? Great. I will tell you when oh, that episode my. is released, Nicole. Whoa. Wait, Stay tuned, That's going to keep me up at night. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> John, what do you have to say about this list? Oh, wow. Uh, it is a uh, murderer's row uh, with no offense meant towards Mr. Baldwin. Uh, but the <laughs> the list here that we have is just incredible. So many names, so many five timers. And uh, I do believe that the one that Thomas is talking about, I'm just going to put it out there, is Mr. Tom Hanks, who is just an incredible host and one of the greatest hosts in the history of the show. I don't so, know. Okay, could be, could be not, but I believe I believe Tom Hanks is for me definitely uh, has to be at the top of the list in terms of just the amount of shows, uh, impact eras, crossed over, just really just a huge name, and of course uh, my man Buck Henry, who I will get to talk about a little bit more on the podcast down the road, uh, absolutely uh, dominated his era, like I would say the Babe Ruthian of his era. Absolutely. So, yeah, so for me, uh, those two names are just really uh, stuck out to me. Great. Nicole, how about you? Yes, I I know who it is, but I'm not going to say who it is. Right, Thomas? <laughs> Should yeah, I not say? I think so. I think so. No, I'm going to keep it. We want to keep everyone it. in suspense. It's, I, don't, it's not Tom, I don't think it's Tom Hanks. Anyways, yeah, this, this list is a good list. I mean, Emma Stone is a four-timer. We're all like... We, I, I mean, I, I, speak, I think I speak for everyone. Emma Stone was all last year. To, to Emma Stone was last year, yeah. Oh, right. So, but, but are we, I was sort of including last year in my kind of uh, thinking about everything, but I'll just talk about this year. Um, so yeah, all the new people. Yeah. I mean, I think again, talking about someone who's had like longevity over decades, but also did distinctive distinctive and not just in terms of ske- like sp- funny sketches or memorable bits or whatever but just like landmark things you know obviously drew barrymore going on at such a young age and then also coming on as an adult and like someone who the public has seen in, at every every step and who i think people just love i think is just one of the most likable people in the world so for us for people it's such a gift i feel like for snl fans for every everybody to to be like oh we saw drew barrymore at that age and now you know i think it'd be fun if she came back but you know whatever whether she does or doesn't i think her her 
impact has been strong. And it's like a similar thing is what I said with Taylor Swift of when you share real, when you share something um, that's a big moment in culture and you put it and you, you kind of give it to SNL as a gift in a sort of way. And I think that like one of the, one of the moments with Drew Barrymore, one of the more happy parts of her childhood, at least, you know, I don't want to speak for Drew, but like, I feel like knowing that she was on SNL and she has that memory is really sweet when there was so, so much else that happened to her. Um, so, you know, that I, I just love Drew Barrymore. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, yeah, Tom, Tom Hanks is, is a big one. Uh, I think that that's, it's sort of like an undeniable, um, it's all, it's almost so undeniable. So, same with a lot of people on this list. There are a lot of, I think I'm drawn to talk about people that are, uh, yeah, but then who else do I want to point out? Um, Scarlett, I want to, I want to, I want to give Scarlett a few years. I want to talk about the people who I honestly think are more of the third and fourth round people. Who I think, I think, I think it should be Tom Hanks this round, and I think that Candace Bergen. Yeah, but I think it's going to be interesting. She's got. Uh, Candace Bergen has got an interesting uh, hill to climb in that for a lot of people, she was the person that showed up, you know, in one of the most recent five timers clubs that people were like, I don't know who that is, you know, uh, not, not died in the wool SNL fans. They knew who she was, but I think the casual viewer didn't know who she was. And like, uh, like you said, you know, um, she had such a in, indelible mark on the show in the seventies. In fact, Lauren is quoted as saying, you know, the show really became what the show became in her episode. I think it was the fourth episode, uh, was the one that she hosted. And that was the first one that felt like what the show was going to become. So that's, you know, that's a pretty, pretty heady praise. I, I, I think. Let's move on to the cast member category and uh, discuss it. It is, again, just really stacked. Uh, this is going to be a tough year, but this is the cast member category, and it goes like this. Amy Poehler, Bill Hader, Bill Murray, Dana Carvey, Jan Hooks, Jane Curtin, John Belushi, Kirsten Wig, Mike Myers, and Will Ferrell. Like, if we had a show with a cast that was that those 10 cast members, you'd just never stop watching. That would be compelling, compelling television. But we don't have a time machine or the ability to do that. But we can honor them with uh, induction into the Hall of Fame. Thomas, who do you think will get your vote? Or who do you think looks interesting on this list to you? Oh, well, well, one of the things that's interesting just in general about the list to me is that it spans SNL eras. Uh, I think, I think the committee and curators did a really nice job of, so we have Jane Curtin and John Belushi and Bill Murray for, you know, the original era, most recent, like Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig and a few people scattered in between. So I think it's a good job. It encompasses the entirety of, uh, I am looking forward to, gosh, I'm looking forward to talking about all of them. Uh, but it, it's just gonna be so much fun. Like just reminiscing. I feel like during these, these are the episodes just about the cast members that I feel like I might be like Chris Farley in a way, like on the Chris <laughs> Farley show. You remember when uh amy poehler did this you remember when bill Hader did stefan like i just might 
have to control myself as far as just not being total Chris Farley show when I talk about all these cast members because I'm so excited. And I'm going to leave you with this like I did for the hosts because I like just throwing suspense out there that the person who I believe, and I think this is more objective it's all it's all it's it's all subjective but i think i don't know i the person on this who i think is the greatest of all time cast member is uh one of the new nominees here as well so so i'm super excited for that episode nicole Nicole thinks that she knows trying to vibe this out john who do you have on this list are there any are there any are there any dark horses here are there any uh, like, how can you be a dark horse when you're a potential Hall of Famer, I suppose? But but you know what I mean by the 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 dint of the question. Uh, what what do you think? Yeah, I think they're all light horses. Is that term? Because like, yeah, honestly, so. <laughs> every every single name on this list is a Hall of Famer. Like, so for me, it's just uh, it's really hard to parse through them. Uh, you have a monument, uh, you have a monumental task ahead of yourself, Thomas, trying to uh, help you know the listener decide who to vo- vote for from this category. Because for me, they are all absolutely incredible. Personally, Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig are two cast members that I grew up with and defined a lot of my original viewing of the show and, you know, clearly dominated clearly in, you know, almost everybody's top 10 list of cast members of all time. So I think those names are, you know, easy shoe-ins. I think it's really hard to argue against anybody in the original class. So Belushi and Wiig or, you know, and even Bill Murray uh, by extension also, uh, those names are you know, just really on top of it. And then of course, like, you know, people like, uh, Will Ferrell, you know, comes in and changes an entire era of the show. So, uh, I, you know, for me, I would be doing a disservice to the listener right now. If I said, if I didn't mention almost everybody when talking about people who could potentially be in the hall of fame here, I just think they're all, they all have cases and this lineup is stacked. So I wouldn't be surprised if in five years from now, whatever it is, we go back and we look and all these names had a very easy path towards the hall of fame. Uh, I, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, there's there's not a name on the list that doesn't belong. Um, and yet, you know, <laughs> we shall see. It's going to be in the hands of the voters. Nicole, if you were a voter, where would you cast? Yeah, I mean, exactly what everyone said. You look at this list and it it makes sense that our our first class was so heavily cast members. And I think it'll happen again because it's like, yeah, it's just is what it is when you think of the way people define the show. I mean, I think I I, I think that most most of my weight where I can put my weight is going to be in the cast member category. Just looking at all these names and all their influence. Um, I agree with John about just growing up, of course, with Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig, like so uh, just like so imprinted, I feel like on my my memories from you know, when they were there and I was like kind of figuring out myself as a, uh, or thinking that I was figuring out myself, you know, when I was like, uh, in middle school or whatever, however old I was. Um, but yeah, so them, I mean, Amy Poehler, I love, I feel like she, she gets grouped with Tina a lot and therefore I think kind of forgotten about as her own entity in a lot of ways. And, and I feel like that's kind of unfair to her because she was such a, powerhouse on the show with or without tina um so many memorable moments um just such a like magnetic performer so funny so like just electrifying to watch and and dynamic and 
Um, so I'm like such a huge fan of hers um, in, in her sketches. I mean, when she was pregnant, like very, very, very pregnant and, and did her whole rap on the update desk, it's like, I, I just feel like that was so, so groundbreaking for women in comedy and in literally any professional industry, any career woman to be like, oh, she is about to, you know, leave because she's <laughs> pregnant and on her way out the door of her job at her desk job, so to speak. <laughs> um, she was, she did a whole rap, this high energy rap. And it was just very much like you can, you know, be a career woman again at a desk job. That's kind of a funny uh, comparison, um, you know, and be a mom and, and all that. And I just feel like that moment was just like something I will never forget. So I love Amy. And then, yeah, everyone, everyone on this list <laughs> deserves it. Like for sure. Um, but those are, those are the three that I will, uh, you know, say something on. Of course, I, I'd say also Will Ferrell. Um, honestly, I'd probably put Will Ferrell first of everyone that I mentioned. Um, but then in terms of, yeah, I would say Will Ferrell first of everybody here, but just also more of like an emotional level, like Bill, Kristen, Amy, uh, all of them too. And then everybody else, everyone on the list. It's a great list. It's a great list. Great list. The board of governors did a wonderful job. Thomas. Yeah, I, I actually, Jamie, I wanted to, to highlight one of them specifically, Jan Hooks, because out of out of these ten cast members, Jan Hooks is the one that I would have thought may not have made the nominees list, just because she was in such a stacked era, uh, and that era is more synonymous with other cast members than it is with Jan Hooks. But I believe Jan Hooks is a Hall of Fame talent, and I'm really happy that she's recognized uh, here. But I just thought that out of anybody, she might have been the one that would have slipped through the cracks and not been a nominee just because of the era that she was in. So, yes, Jan Hooks. Super excited about that one. Yeah, me too. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the entirety of season two, which is just a week away. And I really want to thank you all for coming together today to discuss and uh, dissect, you know, what's to come in this special preview episode. So thank you very much, Thomas, John, Nicole. Uh, I just want to go around the horn one more time. If you've got anything you'd like to plug or any place that people should uh, check you out. Thomas. I'll go first. I'm, um, I'm pretty active on Twitter discussing SNL and sports. You can find me at, at Thomas A. Senna and listen to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. I think you're going right. to really dig Thank it this you. season. Excellent. John? Well, it is season 48 time. We've been waiting for months yes. for this, and I am so pumped. So this coming Saturday, we will kick things off with our premiere of season 48. And it's not just a big time for NBC and SNL. It's also a big time for everybody over at the SNL Network, where we're going to have coverage every single week of all the shows, actually four shows every single week that there is a new SNL episode. You'll find us right after the show finishes on YouTube for the Hot Take Show, where you can join the chat and tell us your thoughts immediately after on Monday nights, you can join us at 8 p.m. Eastern for our roundtables where we will break down the sketches in even more detail. That's a really fun show that I absolutely love doing at the beginning of the work week. Wednesday nights will be a really great show hosted by my colleague, Nicole Rovine, who is here, and Mike Murray. They're going to be doing some data analysis every week with the By the Numbers show. That's now a weekly show on the SNL Network. And our patron feedback show will be on Thursdays. And if you are a patron of the SNL Network, like my friends Jamie and Thomas, who joined us many 
times last year on the patient feedback shows. We answer questions from the SNL community each week about the previous episode and look forward to the next episode. So that'll be this fall, every Thursday after a new SNL episode, join us for those patron feedback shows. And you can find everything we're doing for our patron community at patreon.com slash the SNL network. So looking forward to meeting all of our new patrons coming in for this fall to host some SNL podcasts with me. And uh, thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Thomas, for everything you do with the SNL Hall of Fame. I really feel like it's a great compliment to everything we're doing over at the SNL network. So uh, appreciate you both and appreciate you involving us in everything you're doing over here. Oh, thank you very much, Sean. Nicole, do you want to wrap yes. things up for us? Yes. I also co-signed. Thank you very much for this opportunity. It's so fun. I'm excited. I want to be a little bit more uh, dramatic this season and get into some cat fights with people about disagreements about the Hall of Fame. I just think we're in for that. And I'm so excited. Um, and then everything that John said about the SNL network, um, doing a lot of fun stuff on social media, which is what I do a lot of, a lot of what I do over there. So follow us everywhere and you can just follow me at Nicole Rovine anywhere, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and whatever. I'm just rambling all the time. And <laughs> yes, this was really fun. Thank you so much. I I'm so excited for what the, the SNL season has in store what the hall of fame season has in store. Yeah, me too. It's going to be great. A nice, nice compliments to one another. So definitely check us out next week when we kick off with Bill Hader in episode number two, uh, guest number one, nominee number one, Bill Hader. Uh, that's what I have for you this week. We'll see you next week. And I want to thank you all once again. And you, the listener, of course, thanks for coming out and we'll talk real soon. But for now, Turn out the lights because the SNL Hall of Fame is closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Make sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at SNLHOF. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next week. Do-ra! Podcasts and such.